Hey Outliers, we're back with Lopa Vandermersch of Rasa for a quick bonus interview. In this short episode, Lopa shares some of the habits, figures, books, and life lessons that have shaped and propelled her to the top of her craft. Let's dive back in with Lopa. We are back with Lopa from Rasa, and I'm super excited to get into this second portion of the interview with you. The first question I wanted to ask, which kind of ties, is you know, we talked a lot in the last interview about being aware of your energy and really recognizing that as the CEO of the business, your energy is going to ripple out into everyone else that works with you, works alongside you. The question I typically ask to start is things that you do could be daily, weekly, monthly that help you show up as your best self every day. And you could take that any direction you want. Sure. Yeah. First and foremost, right now, I practice an ancient Indian martial art called Kalari. It looks like Kalari, but it's pronounced Kalari correctly. Super intense. And I absolutely love it. How did you find it? I've never heard of that (laughs) style. (laughs) It's kind of been underground, but it's having a little bit of a renaissance. I I think that you'll start to be hearing about it more and more over the next couple of years. There's some folks that do martial arts training all around the world. They like travel and do YouTube videos about it. And they said three hours of Kalari was more intense than six hours a day of Shaolin Kung Fu. It's pretty hardcore. And I found it through a friend. So I actually have a history of, through most of my 20s, I was studying in an Indian lineage and was initiated. That's where I got my name. I was meditating three, four hours a day. It was a central focus of my life. A friend of mine there just happened to post to Facebook like, hey, my friend in India is doing this online Kaladi course. And I was like, yeah, I want to try that. And I've been doing that since October. Right now, it kind of feels like my entire life revolves around making sure that happens every day. (laughs) It's one of these instances of you spend energy to make energy. It's a very regenerative energy cycle for me. I absolutely love that. Really into intense physical practice right now as a way of just sweating out the shit, you know, and like all the stuff that bogs us down. Pretty similar to yoga, which I've also practiced for about 20 years. I'll do some yoga poses kind of here and there throughout the day. I'm still trying to get into a consistent rhythm with a seated practice again, just because kids really make that kind of challenging. But when I can sit for an hour, an hour and a half, but that's like, I need to get up before they get up. And right now my sleep is kind of sketchy. So I'm prioritizing sleep. I'm actually going on a retreat next week, which I'm very excited about. And so getting little bits of unplugged time when I can is really important. I'm going to try and at least do like one day of retreat per quarter, totally offline, just, you know, meditating as much as I can in that day. So not even an active day. Like you don't set it aside to think about stuff. It's literally a day to not think. And just disconnect. Invariably, I will think about stuff. And I actually did a couple of days. I tried this out where I did what I now call a CEO retreat. Maybe did that like a month and a half ago. And I meditated for four hours a day, which was awesome and put me in this really spacious frame of mind. But then I also brought a bunch of books. And so then it was just kind of like cycling between meditation and reading and writing and, you know, getting a lot of inspiration. So that um, I would also try, like to try and start doing, you know, at least once or twice a year, sort of like Bill Gates does with his Think Weeks. Yeah. Just having a little bit more formalized structure around that. And then of course, drinking Rasa helps. I'm also really into tea and tea ceremony. And that ties into the meditation in a way for a bit. So like drinking tea out of a cup is great, but drinking the right kind of tea ceremonially, in my experience, it's like it puts my body in a meditative state and all I have to do is show up and can literally be like that wide open space of like, I've been on retreat for four days. And, you know, so yeah, tea ceremony is a a really great way for me to have access to more spaciousness. I would say a lot of what I'm going towards is more energy and more spaciousness. 
more awareness, cultivating more awareness. And then a practice that I do as much as possible throughout the day that is easy, free, and I would recommend to anyone is what's called second attention practice. And that is right now my primary attention is on talking to you, but you can cultivate another layer of attention kind of underneath that. Like as as I'm talking about this, you could be listening to me and have your primary attention on me, but you could also be thinking about your right foot at the same time. Amazing, right? Um, and we've all had this experience too when we are driving somewhere and we get to our destination. And we're like, wow, I don't even remember the last 10 minutes of the driving. And that's because your thoughts became your primary attention and driving became the secondary attention. And so having your primary attention on whatever it is that you're doing in your day, but having a secondary attention that connects you to presence, and that can be your breath. Breath is easy, free, and cheap, and regulates your nervous system as well. That can be an affirmation that you're working with. It can be awareness of your body. It can be awareness of your energy. It can be a mantra. It can be any number of things. Visualizing something that inspires you or is you know what you're what you're going towards, but you just kind of keep coming back to that all day long as many times as you can throughout the day. And I'll say at my worst, you know, it might be I might not remember it for a week and be like, ah, oh, shit, that was Tuesday, and now it's. Next Tuesday, and I completely forgot about the entire time. But on a good day, I'll remember a hundred times and just kind of keep coming back to it, keep coming back to it. And then that muscle gets stronger and stronger. And then you're more rooted in something that gives you that little bit of separation between you and your reactivity and gives you a little bit more awareness so that you're, again, making better decisions and not coming from a, a narrow frame of mind. It's fascinating. And when you talk about something that grounds you to the present, is it touching a chair you're seated on? Like, I guess any recommendations for what that could be? Well, I mean, breath is a really great one. Definitely recommend. It could just be awareness of your breath. I happen to do a mantra that I work with, but it has to be something that kind of works for you. Bodily sensation, I think, is a really, really good one for a lot of people. And full body sensation might be tricky to, to accomplish. So it might be like just awareness of your heart center, something like that. That's just going to help you get, I think so many of us are just really stuck in our heads all day because of the way modern culture imp- impacts us. So awareness on your heart, or even like, you know, sometimes I'm on my computer and I for, like legitimately forget that I have feet. And so like having awareness on your feet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> could be another great one. And just be like, my feet are on the ground. I am connected to the earth. When you're first starting out with it, you can play with different things. I would pick one thing that day and just try and see like, does that do the thing where it tethers me to something deeper? And then if that doesn't work, kind of skip around and then stick with it for months at a time. Once you find your thing, then be like, okay, this is my thing. And I'm just going to really drill a groove in my neural pathways to focus on this one. Okay. I'm going to ask a couple quick fire questions. First one is a book worth reading. Hunt, gather, parent. Hmm. I have no clue, but I'm fascinated by the title. Question worth asking. How am I feeling right now? Piece of advice worth passing on. Don't get caught up in what is my purpose. Just do something. A cause worth supporting. Sustainable food systems. An activity worth doing. Meditating. A word worth knowing. I'm actually going to go with something a little bit more basic. Freedom, but in the way of being really intimate with what it means for you. Last one. Quote worth remembering. How wonderful it is that no one need wait a single moment before starting to improve the world. And Frank. Okay. And last two closing questions we ask everyone. Do you have a favorite failure? Oh man, there's so many. (laughs) (laughs) What a wide expanse of potentials to draw from. 
Over-indexing on compostable packaging. (laughs) This is a Rasa-specific failure. When we started out, I was just like, compostable packaging is a thing that exists, so we're only going to ever have compostable packaging. Little did I know that that would require us to change packaging seven times and invest probably $100,000 in multiple different packaging iterations and all the rest. And actually, currently, we don't have compostable packaging because we had an emergency situation where the supplier backed out and all of that. So it was a failure in the sense that I really stuck to a value and was pretty obstinate about it. And it actually cost the business money and expansion. And it just wasn't actually the best approach where we should have parallel pathed. Here's a recyclable packaging. And then we're going to work on our final results, compostable packaging, which we will now be launching, I believe at the end of this year, if the supplier can get their shit together. <laughs> um, so... I love that answer, that it's compostable packaging. The closing question we ask everyone, your definition of success. Living what you are uniquely here to do in integrity with that. Because if you're doing that, you're not going to burn yourself out. If you're doing that, you're going to have the impact that you're meant to give in this world. If you're doing that, you're taking care of yourself, et cetera. These were amazing answers. So thank you so much, Lopa. This has been an incredible interview. It's been awesome to sit with you and chat with you this whole time. So thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me, Dana. If you haven't already, listen to episode 39 to hear more from Lopa Vandermersch of Rasa. For links to everything we discussed, as well as our notes and takeaways from the episode, visit outlieracademy.com slash 39. At outlieracademy.com, you can also find more conversations with incredible guests like Scott Belsky, Kevin Kelly, and Erlang Kage, as well as the founders of Big Ass Fans, Primal Kitchen, Rally, Titan, and many other incredible companies. You can also sign up for our free weekly newsletter, Outlier Debrief, where every week on Friday, we share a few highlights from the latest episode with a few of our favorite books, articles, headlines, and moments from that week. Thank you so much for listening. I'll see you right here next week on Outlier Academy.